Hello everybody, hello Team NXT, Happy New Year, Happy Rusev Day, this is 2018, this is the Undisputed Future Podcast, first episode of the year, after a little bit of a holiday hiatus, and just some general craziness in my life, so thank you all for your patience awaiting my return, but I am back behind the mic, I did want to have a co-host for this episode, but it's only me, CD Danny Mac, Captain of Team NXT, Thanking you once again for joining me on the Undisputed Future Podcast. Now, the last time you spoke to me, rather, last time you heard me speak, I was discussing the USA Network debut of NXT. And after that showing, I got a question from Allie Jones, my man Alistair, out in Nottingham, England. I think I got it right. And his question was pretty much to summarize and to, uh, I'm going to paraphrase him a little bit here, but he thought... Was it a good idea for NXT to go back to the network after this USA Network debut? And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it. And I consider it a good idea to move back to the network. If you've listened to the USA Coverage Network NXT episode, you heard how I was irate about the fact that Peyton Royce and Ember Moon was left off the televised program on the USA Network. So I don't think that was the best idea, but I think moving the show back to the network was a good idea because you got a little bit of a taste and you got a little bit of a tease about what the NXT brand is all about. And hopefully that boosted some network subscriptions because as you know, if you're watching just for NXT, that's worth the $10 a month alone. 9.99, excuse me. I don't want to uh I don't want to inflate prices or anything, but 9.99 is worth it just to watch NXT. So I'm hoping that showing on USA Network brought more subscriptions to the network because following that awesome episode on the USA Network, we had more championship matches to follow. Immediately after that USA Network showing, we had UK title defended from Pete Dunne taking on Tyler Bate in a trilogy of three amazing matches so far. I love that match. We also had the Undisputed Era defend their tag team titles. We had the Women's Championship up for grabs just a couple weeks after everything else. After the USA Network, rather, it was Ember Moon defending her title against Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville successful in her rivalry against Ruby Riot. Sonya Deville, also part of Absolution on Monday Night Raw, and this was a great last outing for her on NXT. But I'm going to get to all that. I'm also going to discuss the number one contender NXT Championship Fatal 4-Way between Aleister Black, Lars Sullivan, Killian Dane, and Johnny Gargano. And I'm going to pretty much do this today, folks. Episode 38, first episode of 2018, is going to be Championship Chatter those aforementioned matches, the Fatal 4-Way, and just some end-of-the-year discussion. I'm going to also go over my personal picks for the WWE NXT official Twitter poll for Breakout Star of the Year, Match of the Year, Takeover of the Year. I'm going to cover all that at the end of the show before my social media roundup. I'm not going to do as much of a play-by-play, a look back at spots as I usually do about these matches either. I'm just kind of going to shape what I believe is next for each particular division. And I'm going to start it off with a bang with the UK division, which seems to have been permanently placed as the mid-card title for NXT. Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, 
Number three, another incredible, incredible matchup. These guys are so young, and they're so talented, and they're already putting on match of the year candidates. I can totally see why TakeOver Chicago United Kingdom Championship match, where Pete Dunne first claimed the title to be a match of the year. I can understand the overwhelming amount of votes I have personally seen on my Twitter feed. But about that match that happened on NXT television, it lived up to the hype of all the other ones. Tyler Bate, Pete Dunne, showing how well they know each other, showing the incredible in-ring chemistry that they have through their relations of strong style, British strong style, out all around, especially taking place in the progress promotion. But Dunne and Bate, great teammates, better rivals, in my humble opinion. These UK championship matches since the beginning, since the tournament, have been incredible. I can't watch them enough. UK title match at the tournament, TakeOver Chicago, NXT television, all three are worth watching multiple, multiple times. There's some unbelievable stuff in each and every one of them. But Pete Dunne able to vanquish Tyler Bate, so two matches for Pete one match for Tyler. Will this trilogy continue, or is it just going to be just that? Is it just going to be a trilogy for the title, or are they going to keep going like the Fast and Furious movies seem to keep going? Because I can definitely get behind that as well. What is next for the UK division, though? The UK division has been rumored to get their own show for a number of months now. I certainly don't mind the amount of time they get on NXT television, Hell, if I regretted that, I wouldn't have the amazing TakeOver Chicago match to discuss. But I really think it's about time they start fine-tuning everything and they start to get this UK division show off the ground. Because as much talent as we have seen on NXT television, there are a lot of guys, a lot of guys, from that 205 Live showing that just happened when they were out in London for Raw and SmackDown tapings as well. Guys we have not seen get television time. Joseph Connors is one of them off the top of my head. I don't really remember the last time I saw him on NXT television. I think he's an incredible talent. I think he's very underrated. I think he's got a really cool backstory that adds to just what a badass that he is. So I think a lot of UK talents can be better utilized once there is a spotlight, once there is their own platform to perform on. But them being such an integral part of NXT, I don't mind right now. I just really think that division needs to get lifted off the ground. I really want more of a solo spotlight on that division, not to be seen as a undercard to NXT. I'll watch all the matches that they want to give us on NXT television regarding the UK division, but... I just think there's way too many talented guys who deserve their shot to shine on somewhat of a weekly basis. Let's get some individualized feuds like they've written up Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate because that rivalry has been written to absolute perfection so far in and out of the ring. You got guys like Trent Seven who I would really like to see step up. Wolfgang, the last king of Scotland, looking like he's primed for a UK championship opportunity. So there's a lot of guys out there I really think a UK show would benefit. Having them on NXT television has not been a problem with me so far. I just want to see something geared towards the competitor's benefit, and I think their own television show can do just that. But the current state of the division is this. Pete Dunne has defended his UK championship against all comers. 
Have they been the most moral and clean ways of going about it? No, because that's just not who the Bruiserweight is. Pete Dunne is a badass. He's he's hard-hitting. He's manipulative. His joint manipulation is, let's just say this, Tommy Chong has other joint manipulation to the caliber that Pete Dunne has joint manipulation over people's bodies. The guy is an unbelievable talent at just 24, 25 years old. He's really, he's an inspiration to younger younger upstarts working on their own projects like myself. Pete Dunne, when you got your head set on something and he's got his head set on being the number one heel in this UK division and he's killing it. He's doing it with the championship. I really want to see that smug look get written off his face. So he's obviously doing all things right. I'll cheer for Pete Dunne. I'll boo Pete Dunne under the right circumstances. Tyler Bate, youngest singles champion in WWE history. Something like that kind of speaks for itself as far as his credentials in the ring go. So the UK division is wide open with talent. I just want more guys to be able to be showcased in such a such a diverse clash of styles. I know this isn't a WWE UK podcast. It's an NXT podcast, but I could go on and on about those guys. Some great talents in the United Kingdom. But moving on to some more NXT-related discussion, the Tag Team Championships were on the line, and in a shocking upset, at least in my opinion, the Undisputed Era's Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, the world-famous ROH champions, the Red Dragon, able to secure the NXT Championships, putting them in a very elite sort of group to hold numerous tag team championships around the world, and then the NXT tag team titles. Those guys are good. That's really, what else can you say about the Undisputed Era? They know it's their era. They're here to take over NXT. Adam Cole, being the supportive leader he is, assured that his boys walked away victorious, outsmarting the mastermind of sanity, or so it th- or so we thought. That match was all chaotic. Nikki Cross even got involved. I know I said I'm not going to talk about as many big spots in these matches, but that tag team title match was absolute chaos, much like anything when Sanity is involved. Just absolute chaos, absolute entertainment, but I was very shocked that the tag team titles changed hands. Undisputed Era has been on absolute fire lately. They managed to survive and walk away with the win at TakeOver War Games. Adam Cole with a very impressive match against Aleister Black on NXT on USA. Now Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly managing to upset two of the most prominent members of Sanity. We had the unique pairing of Eric Young and Killian Dane this match. We have not seen that pairing in particular before, unfortunately brought upon by a brutal injury to Alexander Wolfe from that very War Games match. If you look at the back of Wolfe's head, it was very, very nasty stuff. I wish Alexander the speediest of recoveries, hopefully soon enough for them to claim their rematch clause, which is due on the first new storyline-based episode of NXT in 2018. So that match is slated guarantee. I can't wait to see that one, but I do want to discuss the NXT tag team division as a whole. You have Undisputed Era colliding with Sanity right now, two of the biggest factions in NXT history, arguably. The Shield did come from there. The Wyatt family did come from there. But this clash of factions right now is really hot and really good stuff 
for the NXT brand. You got other prominent teams. You got the former NXT Tag Team Champions, the Authors of Pain, looking to make their way back into the championship scene. You got Heavy Machinery with a lot of wins under their weight belts. You got the Street Profits, who recently called out Undisputed Era and those very NXT Tag Team Championships. You have the returning TM61, which, man, I've been waiting a matter of weeks for them to come back to NXT television. The tag team division is wide open right now, considering the stable warfare going on. There's a lot more that we're not seeing on NXT television as far as all those teams I have mentioned. You see them get some wins. Street Profits heavily featured. Heavy Machinery has been featured. I can definitely foresee TM61 getting a lot of spotlight upon their return. They were Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic tournament finalists against the Authors of Pain in that awesome shark cage match with Paul Ellering. So there's a lot of open room for the tag team division to grow and for championship contenders to be made. Street Profits calling out Undisputed Era. You know TM61 has eyes on their gold. You know that Sanity is not going to take that very questionable loss because of Adam Cole's interference. They're not going to take that laying down. We might see a different combination of sanity going into this very matchup next time these two teams meet. So a number of things could happen in the tag team division, but right now what we know is that the Undisputed Era are here to take over and sanity is trying to earn back their gold. On to NXT women's discussion, Ember Moon defended her title for the very first time against the MMA-trained New Jersey native and member of Absolution, Sonya Deville. I thought this was a very good parting gift for Sonya Deville, a shot at the NXT Women's Championship to prove that she is a big-time player in women's wrestling, that she can get the job done in between the ropes, and to, quite frankly, silence some people who are criticizing her getting called up to the main roster, quote-unquote, so quickly, which I don't really understand why. You bring up the two ladies from Tough Enough behind Paige at the same time. There's plenty of story there, even though it hasn't really fully been addressed yet. Uh, Paige is leading a good group right now. Sonya Deville as the muscle is a very good idea, even though Mandy Rose could also make a good muscle, as beautiful as she is. Uh, she's freakishly strong. But back to DeVille, back to Ember Moon, great back-and-forth match between these two ladies. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it really showed how much Sonya DeVille has come through, not only as an in-ring performer transitioning from MMA to professional wrestling, but as well as character work, really showing her cocky side, really showing that, I've said it before, a little bit of Conor McGregor influence there. There's a lot of personality going on in UFC right now because of how much they're borrowing from the concept of sports entertainment in the WWE. There's a lot of trading back and forth, and Sonya Deville really seems to have found that sweet spot, but it did not stop her from getting eclipsed. Ember Moon with a successful first title defense on her way to tying, breaking, doing something in comparison to Asuka's unbelievable 524-day championship reign. So, Ember Moon on her way, first successful title defense. Sonya Deville, I'm assuming, is off to Raw on a permanent basis now. I'm assuming the same thing with Ruby Riot after that awesome rivalry. Although, be it short, 
I really enjoyed the Sonya Deville and Ruby Riot rivalry. I liked the two personalities. It was a really simple story, starting in that qualifying triple threat match before TakeOver War Games. It was just really based on an ankle injury. It reminded me of a couple old Kurt Angle stories that they had going, just transitioned into the women's division. I thoroughly enjoyed the DeVille and Riot rivalry. I really enjoyed DeVille getting a shot at the NXT Women's Championship and Ember Moon proving that she can be a defending champion. It really all folded together and pieced together DeVille and Riot's last days in NXT very, very well. Lots of buzz in the main roster women's wrestling right now because of the first ever women's Royal Rumble match. And I think DeVille and Ruby Riot, as members of their respective groups, are going to have a little bit of friction with their other groups. I'm expecting some sort of storyline, whether it be Absolution or whether it be Riot Squad. I really see the faction tension building up in the Women's Royal Rumble, we've seen it happen before in the men's between tag team partners on numerous occasions, so something like that really wouldn't surprise me. But Ember Moon's title reign, let's get back to NXT discussion, Ember Moon's title reign, successful and believable so far. Who do I think is going to be the next to step up? Based on last, based on the last time I saw NXT television, Kyrie Sane wants that title shot, but the Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler, is here to make an impact. She will be taking on Dakota Kai in a must-see matchup, the first episode the first new storyline episode to qualify of NXT of 2018. Dakota Kai, I'm really glad, signed on as an NXT talent. Shayna Baszler, as a fan of of MMA and what she did in the Mae Young Classic Tournament, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing her debut as well. But it's really just a matter of who is going to step up for that championship opportunity. I can definitely foresee a triple threat match between Kyrie Sane, Shayna Baszler, and Ember Moon. Those are really three big talents in the NXT division right now. Those aren't three talents I could see getting called up for the main roster just yet. Shayna Baszler still fairly new to professional wrestling. Kyrie Sane. Kairi Sane's got a lot going on in NXT. She's going to develop her English and her character very, very well. That's what I'm assuming she's doing. I can see a lot of these ladies pulling a Ty Dillinger and appearing in the main roster Royal Rumble match, but then going back to NXT, working a little bit more on the scene, and then getting called up at a later time on a permanent basis. A a numerous amount of things could happen, but one, one iconic moment from that Royal Rumble I hope we have is Peyton Royce and Billy Kay finally debuting on the main roster and taking their spots. I'm really pushing for SmackDown Live. I could see those ladies fitting in better on the SmackDown program than I can the Raw program. It's just something about the SmackDown vibe that I think is a little bit more iconic for Royce and Kay. But Women's Royal Rumble, lot to look forward to, lots of NXT call-ups, lots of NXT talents to be featured, I assume. I mean, they got to fill 30 spots. So between some callbacks to Hall of Famers, former WWE alumni, some NXT call-ups, it's really going to be a clash of women's professional wrestling across numerous ages and eras in the WWE. I'm very excited for that, and I can't wait to see where Ember Moon's title reign goes. Will she come close to the Empress of Tomorrow's reign, or will Ember Moon fall just a bit short of her goal. 
I don't know where the title is going to go. I can't wait to see what Shayna Baszler does against Dakota Kai. There's a lot to talk about in women's wrestling right now, and the landscape on NXT, another one that seems pretty wide open. I know I'm bouncing around a couple weeks back and forth around here, guys, so if there's anything that's not championship-based that you want me to discuss, I will more than happy interact with you on Twitter, Facebook, any form of my social media, but I really just wanted my first episode of 2018 to be really focused on the championship matches and the big picture and the what's going to happen next side of NXT. And what's going to happen next in TakeOver Philadelphia? Johnny Gargano is number one contender. Totally, totally shocked absolutely blown away by the ending of 2017 Johnny Gargano has had. Because you look at TakeOver Chicago, you look at his two losses to Andrade Cien Almas, you really wondered if anything was fully going to piece together for Johnny Gargano's career in NXT. And then he wins this high-profile, fatal four-way, number-one contendership matchup to get that third match in his blood feud series with Andrade Cien Almas. I cannot wait to see what Johnny Gargano can do in a big time championship atmosphere. We know the rebel heart of Gargano keeps on beating and it's not going to be stopped by anybody unless it's his former tag team partner Tommaso Ciampa. I could definitely see that piecing together at TakeOver Philadelphia Assuming Chomp is healthy, I don't want anybody to ever come back before they're 100% cleared to compete. I don't want to see anybody rushed or forced to work under the wrong circumstances. But if Champa's knee is healthy, I definitely want to see him as an X-Factor in this NXT Championship match. You look at what Zelina Vega has done in her past matches with Johnny Gargano against Almas. The first DIY t-shirt throw at TakeOver Brooklyn 3. The distraction by her wearing the DIY t-shirt, which she looked damn good in, at NXT television the last time these two matched up. Now, if she really wants to dig up that DIY backstory, Zelina Vega will bring Tommaso Ciampa either to ringside or down the entrance ramp at a pivotal point in the match. I could definitely see her brilliant mind piecing together some psychological warfare against Johnny Gargano. That's what I see as the NXT championship picture heading into Philadelphia. As far as the other three men in that match, Aleister Black, I can definitely see getting a feud match with Adam Cole. We got just a taste of what those guys can do against each other on the USA Network. I cannot wait to see what they'll do at a takeover atmosphere. I'd like to see them in a no-holds-barred match. You put all the things out there. You let them... You let them really tear each other apart. You let Aleister Black constantly watching his back for Bobby Fish, for Kyle O'Reilly, assuming they're not too banged up by whoever defends their NXT championships against. But Adam Cole, very resourceful so far. Very crafty leadership by Adam Cole, baby. So let's see what Aleister Black can do under an extreme environment. I would really love to see those guys lock up in just a bloody... Hard-hitting matchup with no holds barred. I think that's a great way to really sum up this rivalry, really bring it to the forefront, and really display the talents of two premier world-traveled NXT superstars. 
And I'm not going to harp on this point way too much because I've already covered this on numerous occasions. If you want, listen to a couple past episodes on this. But Lars Sullivan, Killian Dane, finally locking up in this fatal four-way match, lived up to every bit of expectations of these two big men colliding in the ring. I need to see a singles match between Lars Sullivan and Killian Dane, two of the most talented big men in all of professional wrestling right now. You want to debate me on that? You could. Braun Strowman is really my only other pick. Those are my top three huge Leviathan-like superstars right now. Those are my top three big guys in all of wrestling. But Lars and Dane locking up Fatal 4-Way action, it was amazing. It was a spectacle. It was something I had waited for for quite a long time. And I could hope that feud comes to a one-on-one takeover scenario as well. But Aleister Black and Adam Cole getting their one-on-one match at TakeOver Philadelphia. I really feel that coming. Hopefully it's a gimmick match of some sort. Uh, Extreme Rules or No Holds Barred I think would fit really well. Even just a good old-fashioned street fight. Lars versus Dane would be something I want to see. The rebel heart of Johnny Gargano keeps on beating into 2018, heading to Philadelphia for his first ever attempt at the NXT World Championship. So there's a lot going on in the title scenes for NXT. Just to summarize one more time, Pete Dunne is still our UK champion. Ember Moon with a successful first title defense. Undisputed Era in an upset and with some help by Adam Cole, able to claim the NXT Tag Team titles for the very first time, and Johnny Gargano is now the number one contender to Andrade Cien Almas' NXT Championship. Okay, for those of you who don't follow my personal Twitter account, at Mac, let me go over my personal picks for the NXT Year End Awards. They were Takeover of the Year, Female Superstar of the Year, Male Superstar of the Year, Overall Superstar of the Year, Tag Team of the Year, Breakout Star of the Year, Future Star of the Year, Ward Match of the Year, Rivalry of the Year. There were some really good categories this year, guys, and I was stoked on voting for each and every one of them. But let me start things off by telling you my Takeover of the Year. Danny, we all know it's Takeover Brooklyn 3. You were there in person. Yes, ordinarily I would say that. Because I'm incredibly biased and there's nothing like the live NXT atmosphere. But as far as match quality, as far as storylines piecing together, and that iconic, unbelievably heartbreaking ending of DIY, I gotta give it to NXT TakeOver Chicago as my personal pick for TakeOver of the Year. Unbelievable card, up and down, some amazing storytelling, and a brutal ending to wrap things up. My NXT... Female Superstar of the Year, rather Superstars of the Year, is going to be the iconic duo, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. I know Asuka's undefeated streak. I know Ember Moon really stepped it up this year and finally captured her NXT Women's Championship. But I took into account a few things. The diversity of the rivalries that the iconic duo has been in this past year, up and down the card... In and out of the NXT Women's Championship scene, they have shown nothing but improvement in the ring as a unit with their character work. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce really stepped it up this year. They put on consistently good matches against any opponent for a championship, not for a championship, against Kyrie Sane, against Wooby Wyatt, which made me laugh every single time I heard them say it. So that's why the iconic duo are my female 
NXT Superstars of the Year. My overall and male superstar of the year, I'm going to have to give to the Dutch Destroyer, Aleister Black. I have been enamored with Aleister Black, Tommy End, since I saw the debut of him at the UK Championship Tournament. I saw him wrestle Steve Cutler at an NXT live event, and I saw the Black Mass happen for... Man, that... It's just an unbelievable aura, the aura that... Aleister Black brings to an arena, and the performances he puts on up and down this year have really impressed me. The undefeated Dutch Destroyer has got to be my overall superstar of the year. NXT Tag Team of the Year, I'm going to give to Sanity. Sanity is we, Sanity is me pick for Tag Team of the Year. They are the faction of the year in NXT, in my opinion. Unbelievable match at TakeOver War Games, great match to win the tag team titles against the Authors of Pain at TakeOver Brooklyn 3, a match that, if you watch on the WWE Network, they're brawling outside, they head towards Section 9, Row 1, that's me in the flat cap, in the glasses, screaming my head off, and trying to pat Razor and Eric Young on the back, so... yeah, there might have been a little bit of a bias on that vote, but Sanity has continued to impress all around this year, Sanity is my tag team and faction of 2017. My breakout star of the year, I gotta give it to the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream, my breakout star of the year, primarily because of the character work he has done. A complete turnaround, he finally found something that really worked for him. Patrick Clark and this Velveteen Dream gimmick has been absolute money. And I might as well announce it because it's one of the many reasons why Velveteen Dream is my breakout star of the year. My feud of the year in NXT, rivalry of the year in all of professional wrestling, especially NXT, has got to be Velveteen Dream and Aleister Black. Nothing so simple as the phrase, say my name, and getting me so emotionally invested in that. I thought it was unbelievable work on both sides of that coin. Velveteen Dream proving that he is a prodigy in the professional wrestling business. The guy is so young and so talented, and there's only room for him to grow. I wish him a speedy recovery from his injuries as well. Okay, Breakout Star and Future Star are apparently two different categories. My Future Star of the Year are the Future Stars, uh, Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, The Street Profits, win my Future Star for the year, consistently entertaining, consistently putting up W's on NXT, the crowd is always behind them, they get me rowdy, that entrance theme really hypes me up, I love the Street Profits, I'm all behind them, the Street Profits are my future star of the year, definitely keep your eye on Ford and Dawkins, and match of the year, match of the year, oh boy, this was a tough one for me to vote on, As much as I wanted to say, again, something I might have seen in person at TakeOver Brooklyn 3, I'm saying DIY versus Authors of Pain in that ladder match, the last DIY matchup for the foreseeable future of them on the same side before that heartbreaking ending. I actually think the ending might have influenced my pick for this being the match of the year, in my opinion, but some unbelievable ladder spots, some unbelievable showings by Johnny Gargano, some heart-wrenching moments in and out of that matchup. There was no dull moment in that ladder match. Gargano, Champa, Rezar, and Akam, even Paul Ellering put on an amazing show 
at that main event for TakeOver Chicago. Not a match I expected to be the main event, but definitely a match I knew deserved to be the main event, and I'm definitely glad it was. So DIY versus AOP is my match of the year for 2017. That's 2017. What's next for NXT in 2018? Are we going to get some hot signings? War Machine from ROH, I've read, is rumored to come over to NXT. That would just be even more amazing work for the tag team division to work with. You listen to what I had to say earlier about the tag team division in NXT. Almost anything can happen, and a lot of teams are looking to step up, so some fresh competition in the form of War Machine could definitely add to the intrigue surrounding tag team action in NXT. Other new signings? I haven't really heard anything crazy. Uh, I remember seeing that a few people got signed and are working in the Performance Center. Shayna Baszler, the newest debut on NXT television. I think big things are coming for her. I would love to still see the four horsewomen of MMA and of WWE clash in a rivalry. Maybe we get a little bit of a hint at that at the first ever Women's Royal Rumble match. But anything can happen in professional wrestling. Anything can happen in the NXT universe. Who is next to come over from ROH or Japan or any other of these prestige wrestling federations? I just can't wait to discuss lots of new talent in 2018. I'm hoping Tommaso Ciampa comes back from his injury. I'm hoping Drew McIntyre recovers quickly and can get his shot at his NXT championship again. Really bummed out I'm not going to be seeing him at TakeOver Philadelphia. But we know 2018 is going to kick off with a bang. Literally, team kick off with a bang. Shayna Baszler takes on Dakota Kai on the next new episode of NXT, as well as Sanity invoking their rematch clause against the Undisputed Era's Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly for their NXT Tag Team Championship opportunity. So that's to look forward to. Just to look back really quick, Nakamura, Bobby Roode, Revival, Ty Dillinger, and a lot of NXT women were called up this year. I really think Bobby Roode is on track to be the next United States Champion. Nakamura always pictured in the main event spotlight of SmackDown, so I'm really hoping he's getting more opportunity to showcase what he can do because it's been a little bit of a lackluster and that's not anything against Shinsuke Nakamura. He always brings his unorthodox charisma and always turns it up to a 10, but it might not just be the right time for him to showcase what he has right now on WWE television. It could just be a little too much too soon. Maybe we're just getting a slow burn on Shinsuke Nakamura's ability on SmackDown Live. Who knows? I know he's primed to be in the main event spot for a long time. I'm really hoping this alliance he has with Randy Orton shatters pretty quickly because I'd love to see those two in a one-on-one matchup. Revival, if they could avoid injuries, the top guys are looking to move into the top spot of Raw's tag team division. I could definitely see them deserving those titles sooner rather than later. I wanted to see Revival versus Hardy Boys, the no flips, just fists versus the Hardys. I mean, that practically writes itself. The women, Riot Squad, Absolution, Riot Squad consisting of Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. I am very impressed with Ruby Riot. I've been a fan of hers since the independent days. Liv Morgan has always been a performance center, homegrown talent to watch. Shout out to Turin at, Le- at Liver Leave. 
Um, you want any more information, go follow her. She's all about standing Miss Liv Morgan. Probably provide a lot more information about her career than I can. And Sarah Logan, I wasn't impressed with Sarah Logan in NXT. I think she needed a little bit more time down there. I think Mercedes Martinez could have been a better fit for call-ups if they needed some powerhouse sort of badass brooding presence in the Riot Squad because you got Ruby as the leader, you got Liv as the unpredictable wild card sort of firecracker, and I think a big muscle, Sarah Logan is good, but I don't think Sarah Logan was ready for the primetime TV spotlight. I don't think her in-ring work is on par with the other girls, and Liv Morgan took a lot of time on NXT television to piece together what she is right now. Sarah Logan, while she has gotten some opportunities, she has not gotten as many as Liv, and even her Mae Young Classic showing was good, but I don't think it was good enough for her to be on SmackDown Live right now. You can debate me on that if you want. Moving away from Riot Squad, though, talk about Absolution. Absolution led by the first ever NXT Women's Champion, Paige, with Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose, another one. I feel like she needed more NXT television time but she consistently worked the NXT live event circuit. I've seen her a couple times. I saw her just this earlier this year at Poughkeepsie, where she was a hometown hero, teaming with Sonya Deville. So that Absolution Alliance has definitely been tweaked before on the NXT live circuit. So anytime you see Mandy and Deville team together, it has been done before. That's why they seem to gel. They travel together. Those girls are really all about partnership and doing the best that they can and Paige is definitely a solid role model somebody who has grown up in the business the way that she has able to show these two ladies of tough enough the ropes literally I think it's really big for her I think it's big for them and I think it's big for the raw brand and women's wrestling on that show in general I just wish and this goes for both shows that there were more one-on-one rivalries outside of the main title outside of the women's championship you take a look at the rivalry I mentioned earlier, Ruby Riot versus Sonya Deville. So simple, so good, very good matches coming from that as well. Ty Dillinger, I'm waiting for Ty Dillinger to get his payoff. Yes, he was featured in the United States tournament, but he lost to Jinder Mahal of all people. So that kind of says all it needs to about Ty Dillinger's career. We need the perfect 10 to step up and be that perfect babyface NXT devotee fans know that he can be. Okay, championship chat. Look back at 2017. Look back at call-ups from 2017. I gave you a little bit of what I expect for 2018 to bring. All I know is that 2017 was a great year for professional wrestling, and I really hope the momentum continues into 2018. We'll find out on the newest episode of NXT on January 10th. But for now, I am CD Danny Mac. It's great to be back behind the mic again. It's great to have the social media interactions that I have been having. Thank you so much for making this all worthwhile. Thank you for making me feel like my voice is being heard by some of the most amazing wrestling fans and some of the most civil people I have been able to meet on wrestling Twitter. 
Some of you guys, you know who you are, have been absolutely amazing. You really make this all worthwhile. You make it feel like I'm not just sitting in my room talking to myself, but that I'm engaging some awesome fans in some thought-provoking conversation. That's my point of this show. I will continue it into 2018. I'm not a wrestling criticizer show. I'm a wrestling discussion show. And thank you for being such supportive fans and keeping that message going. And if you want to join the support on all social media platforms, here it is, at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word, is the Instagram Please find me on Facebook, Undisputed Future Podcast. I'm looking to add more content. I feel like I say this every single week, but sometimes life just gets in the way. I'm going to try and work on my Facebook presence. I need all the help I can get on the Twitter interactions. You guys have been amazing the past few weeks. Thank you to the other podcasts who have been following me and engaging me. All my friends at Rant With Ant and all my Potter and family folks, thank you for the support. Thank you for bringing me up to over 450 followers on Twitter as of this very episode of the podcast. It's really humbling just thinking what this dream was a short nine months ago. So thank you to everybody on the social media, and thank you to anybody listening to me for the first time and future engagement on social media. Listen to me anywhere. I'm all over the internet. I'm on iTunes. SoundCloud.com backslash Undisputed Future will be your main source of uploaded content. And that's where the RSS feed is hosted as well. I'm trying to get my way onto Spotify, but I am definitely on Google Play. You can subscribe to me there and get newest episode alerts. And you can also subscribe to me on Stitcher, another great podcast medium. But for now, that was 2017. Say goodbye to 2017, a great year for professional wrestling, but we are moving on to the future of NXT. The Undisputed Future Podcast is along the ride with you. Thank you so much, Team NXT. I look forward to talking to you after the January 10th first new episode of 2018 and where the stories will begin and what is up on the road to NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. 